Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. Welcome to the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Glad you are with us as we edge ever closer to that wonderful Thanksgiving holiday just a couple of days away. What are your plans? Perhaps we'll talk about that during the course of the broadcast today. Find out what you're up to, the uh, things that you aspire to do, weather and other circumstances permitting over the next few days. And, you know, I think for you... Um, I, many of us, this time between Thanksgiving and Christmas, it just absolutely zips by. Once Thanksgiving hits, I mean, it's like a whirlwind. And I think many of you, um, have that feeling. So this is going to be a very interesting season indeed. During the course of the broadcast today, we'll get your thoughts on what your plans are, how this might be different than last year, if it is going to be different, or for that matter, the same. What are you doing? Hitting the road, hitting the skies. What are you doing in the next few days? Also coming up, we will update you. And this is not news in one respect. On ongoing surveillance of Americans. Yes, it's still happening. And all of this really kind of picked up speed with the Patriot Act, which certainly needs to be readdressed. You know, as well as I do, there are plenty of unhinged, unhinged activists out there who, frankly, are in support of Hamas. And the destruction of Israel. And along among this collection are some really nutcase celebrities. We're going to tell you about one of them who's really got people ticked off just by some incredibly stupid comments. An example of people just do not understand history. We will finally get to that story about the impact of immigration on law enforcement our top city in the country beginning to feel the pinch and they're talking about cuts as a result of this ongoing deluge of immigrants coming into the country uninvited I want to begin I can't believe that I'm <laughs> citing a story from USA Today which is attributed to a Hamas official. I'm trying to be hopeful here. But this Hamas official says a hostage deal with Israel is likely hours away. I am encouraged by this. I want to see these folks back home where they belong. An agreement could be reached in the coming hours for Hamas to release some of the hostages seized from Israel in return for Israel releasing Palestinian prisoners. This is according to a senior Hamas official. 
Officials in the U.S. and in Qatar, mediators in the talks, have been describing a deal as near for days. You've heard that on this program. Hamas and Israeli officials have been less willing to issue hopeful statements, but multiple media outlets, including CNN, cited unnamed Israeli sources saying the deal could be announced as soon as today. May it be so. The Hamas official told Al Jazeera there's a limited truce for a few days and not a total ceasefire. Aid will be introduced to all areas of the Gaza Strip in exchange for the release of Israeli abductees, women and children, at the same time as the release of a limited number of Palestinian prisoners, women and children, from prisons in Israel. The head of the Hamas Politburo issued a statement saying an agreement for a truce was near. Qatari Foreign Ministry spokesperson said talks had reached a critical and final stage. We're the closest point we ever had been in reaching an agreement. The National Security Council spokesman John Kirby saying yesterday we're closer than we've ever been to a deal. President Joe Biden also said an agreement was near. So this is a consensus that they were closing in on a deal. And wouldn't it be awesome if we find out within the next couple of hours while this program is on that we do have a deal and we'll see some actual movement on this to free hostages. As you know, militants crashing across the border from Gaza killed more than 1,400 Israelis, took 240 people back as hostages. Four hostages have been released. One was freed by Israeli troops. Israel's ensuing military campaign has killed more than 12,000 Palestinians, according to the Gaza Health Ministry. We hope that this actually comes to fruition today. That would be a good thing. Other developments in this situation, the Israeli military said it found militants hiding in three tunnel shafts. And this was close to a densely populated refugee camp. Also, the Israeli military published pictures of an anti-tank missile and other armaments found under a baby's crib in Gaza. Now, there are some who are concerned about this, concerned about the possibility of a deal. The Israeli, one Israeli minister is warning against a hostage deal. Israeli National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Vir cited a 2011 deal that saw Israel release more than 1,000 prisoners in exchange for an Israeli soldier captured by Hamas in 2006. So many times these are lopsided. One for 1,000. Isn't that crazy? Among those released in this deal, this guy has a point. Yaya Sinvar, thought to be a key mastermind of the Hamas rampage on October 7th. He said, we let out Sinwar and his friends and brought this trouble upon ourselves. Wow. It does give you some sense of pause, doesn't it? But what do you do? This really requires the wisdom of Solomon. 
does it not? On yesterday's program, I told you about some extraordinary events happening in Argentina, the election. Coming up, I'm going to tell you one of the proposals that has been advanced by the incoming president, Javier Millet, and the Associated Press and the mainstream news media. It's already happening. What do you think the first line in this story is by the Associated Press? Argentina's right-wing president-elect. That's how it starts. Right-wing. How many times do you see left-wing? Or communist? Or socialist? Nonetheless, we will tell you about the bold... The bold proposal advanced by the incoming president in Argentina. This is really encouraging stuff. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. We are back on the Vince Coakley radio program on this Tuesday, just a couple of days before Thanksgiving. What else is right with the world? I told you yesterday about Argentina, where they voted in a man characterized as a libertarian. I'd like to know how you get from libertarian to right wing. This is just media malpractice by the Associated Press, but it's not surprising. Nevertheless, Argentina's right-wing president-elect gave the first indications Monday of how he plans to start shaking up South America's second-largest economy with a slew of privatizations. Ooh. Populist Javier Millet, a libertarian economist, self-described a narco-capitalist, won a presidential runoff election on Sunday with 55.7% of the vote. He said Monday he would move quickly to privatize the country's state-owned media outlets and look to do the same with other public companies. This is an awesome direction to take, to move away from government control. He said everything can be in the hands of the private sector, will be in the hands of the private sector. If only we had that approach here. Experts immediately question how far Malay would get in fulfilling this vision without the support of Argentina's National Congress, where his party holds a relatively small share of seats. However, some analysts say his resounding election victory could give him some leverage. We would certainly hope so. This allows him to signal to all parties who's in control of the transition and the formation of his cabinet. In his radio comments, Malay described the public media outlets he wants to make private as amounting to a covert, covert ministry of propaganda. He complained during the presidential race the coverage of his campaign in state-run outlets was highly negative. Well, what a surprise. Malay also signaled he intends to act on some of his most controversial ideas from his campaign for slashing the size of the state and reining in Argentina's triple-digit inflation. 
They include reducing the number of government ministries by half to eight. Can we import this guy into the United States of America if he does accomplish this? Nobody's done this. I, and, and I don't care about com- campaign speeches and promises for all of the bloviating. The Republicans haven't done this either. They've talked about it. You remember how many years we've had presidential debates? Yeah, we're going to get rid of this many departments. What have we gotten rid of? Nothing. And it gets better. He said he still wanted to close the Central Bank of Argentina, calling it a moral decision. But appeared to put his plans for replacing the local currency, the peso, with the U.S. dollar on the back burner. In conceptual terms, the central axis is to close the central bank. Subsequently, the currency will be whichever one Argentines choose freely, characterizing a potential change in the national currency as a second-order issue. He's predicting it will take up to half of his presidential term between 18 and 24 months to decrease inflation, which polls showed was the biggest concern for Argentine voters as consumer prices have increased 140% over the past year. Remember I said yesterday, (laughs) as much as we've been complaining about inflation, it's nothing. Imagine 140%. Diana Mondino, a lawmaker for Malay's Liberty Advances Party, widely seen as Malay's big pick for foreign minister, wrote on social media, working to reduce the size of the government and eliminate taxes. Isn't this all familiar language? State controlled energy from YPF, the country's largest integrated energy company, is another entity the president elect thinks should be privatized. But only once its finances are shored up so it can be sold in a very, very beneficial way for Argentines. Claiming the company's balance sheet deteriorated after majority stake was nationalized during the government of former president Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner, who's now the outgoing vice president. Monday was a public holiday in Argentina, so... Financial markets were not open, but the stocks of Argentine companies that trade in New York, they soared. They soared. YPF saw its share price increase 40% after Malay talked of the privatization. Folks, free markets work. There was anticipation about what would happen to the parallel currency markets, considering the value of the peso plunged after Malay rocked Argentina's political system when he won. Privatization plans, in large part, clash with the Argentine constitutional model, warned one law professor. Shocking, isn't it? Isn't it always the academics who are trying to throw cold water on true reforms? Probably a socialist, I would bet. Congress would need to pass a law authorizing any such moves. As a relatively new political force, Malay's Liberty Advances Party only has seven senators. Less than 10% of the totals holds 38 of the 257 seats in Congress's lower house. Although support for his policies would increase if he allies himself with members of the main center-right opposition coalition, which backed his candidacy in the second round, 
they don't have a sufficient number to be able to impose things. But you would like to think this is a situation where he's got a mandate. And he's able to accomplish these things. Now, we can try to privatize these companies by emergency decree. Congress could shoot these down by claiming they aren't real emergencies. And there's litigation possible in all of this. But I'm telling you, folks, I wish this new president well. I hope he succeeds. And it's another reminder of what we need right here in the United States of America. True reform. True reform. Not just campaigns. Can cam, Campaign conservatism. It's worthless. Absolutely worthless. Love to get your thoughts on what you've heard about what's developing there. And we also put the question to you about Thanksgiving. What are your plans? We're going to very quickly take a call from Ralph. Ralph, you have about a minute here out of Gaffney. Tell us what's going on this Thanksgiving. Well, it's going to be a different Thanksgiving event. I've been married for 33 years, and my wife died September the 30th. Oh, my son is completely traumatized. He's been in the gaming almost since he got here, writing stories, creating games, and she was the storyboard for everything he's created. Oh, my goodness. Two, three hours a day they talked, and he's... I've got him in grief counseling, counseling, and neuro counseling because he is just... And my identity the last five years was caregiver because she had been sick. And so we were planning on going to the beach like we used to do before COVID. But he said it's too early. I understand. How old is your son? 25. 25. He has Asperger's, so. Oh, this has got to be especially tough. Yeah, yeah, because he can't let go of nothing, Harley. Ralph, our hearts go out to you, and uh, we will absolutely well, be praying we'll, for you. We will overcome, but it's going to be time. We know. I know. I, I not, fully. Not, I'm not down for the pity party, but I just, I'm down for the battle. I fully understand. Ralph, if you would, I would love for you to hold on the line, and uh, we absolutely hope this is a time of, of, um, of peace and of God's grace filling your hearts and comforting you during this very challenging season. You know, that's one of the worst things about holiday season for those who have lost loved ones and to be there at that dinner table. And it's so apparent that person is not there. So um, let's be mindful. And it's another reminder, kind of combining ideas here of what I shared, I think, last week about the importance of making space for others. Maybe there are people around you who have gone through a tough time. Maybe it's the loss of a relative or a close friend. Uh, Maybe it's been other circumstances. Now would be a great time to reach out and do something extraordinary to share your love with people who need that. We are back on the Vince Coakley radio program. 
Again, I'd love to hear your stories about what's in store for the Thanksgiving holiday. You, the other part of this, how many of you are anticipating participating in Black Friday? You know, it, it's amazing how social media has changed so much of this and online retail to where, I mean, I can't, I don't think I can remember the last time that I've gone to one of these crazy sales and waited outside some store. I mean, I did that years ago. Are any of you planning to do any of that? Is that a thing anymore? Or is that completely over with? Thanksgiving travel, by the way. We've got a storm moving over the central and eastern U.S. in time to disrupt our Thanksgiving travel plans. Severe thunderstorms, heavy rain, snow expected to move from the central U.S. across the Midwest, ultimately into the Northeast just in time for the holiday. Storm system will hit the Midwest and Ohio and Tennessee valleys today and then turn northeast for the mid and latter portion of the week. The uh, selfish part of me says, yes, send it that way (laughs) by the time that I would be traveling. Governor Kathy Hochul of New York warning travelers in that state to be cautious. There's a risk of extreme winter weather during peak travel days. Severe storms, possible tornadoes forecast for the Gulf Coast states between eastern Texas and western Mississippi early in the week. Today, severe thunderstorms, rain, snow, and wind to much of the eastern half of the U.S. Those storms expected to wane tomorrow making way for an undisturbed Thanksgiving day in most parts of the U.S., which is a very, very good thing. Travel. The FAA predicting nearly 50,000 flights on Wednesday. 50,000. That's a lot. Wednesday will be the peak air travel day. 49,606 flights scheduled. Tuesday, the second highest, as in today, 48,403. And today, as we mentioned, may be a difficult day for air travelers because of a winter storm system moving through the central U.S. into the Midwest and Northeast with rain and thunderstorms. Sunday, the most popular day for return travelers, 44,991 flights scheduled. And the other message, in fact, I heard this on television, so this is a concerted message they're trying to get out there to those of you traveling. Be nice to flight staff. Or else. They added the or else. The FAA Administrator Mike Whitaker taking the X to warn Thanksgiving travelers who are likely to face possible delays, long lines, congested airports, to be nice to the flight crews working over the holidays. If you're flying, be nice to the flight crew. They're there for your safety. The FAA has zero tolerance for unruly behavior. Seems like these incidents have dropped off lately, doesn't it? Air travelers today most likely to experience disruptions due to winter storm system moving from the central U.S. across the Midwest and into the Northeast. So hopefully these will be out of the way. 49 million Americans will drive to Thanksgiving destinations this year. Is that you? 
More than 55 million total expected to travel at least 50 miles to reach their Thanksgiving destinations between Wednesday and Sunday. More than 49 million of those travelers on the roads. And significant portion of those drivers will be on the roads tomorrow. Now, most of the inclement weather should be out of the way here. And this will be an issue for people in the Northeast to deal with. So that's a picture of what is going on, travel. In fact, the TSA is saying the 2023 Thanksgiving travel season will be the busiest in U.S. history. Busiest flight days today and tomorrow. Busiest driving day tomorrow. Drivers advised to leave home early in the morning or after 6 to avoid running into the heaviest traffic. So keep all of these things in mind. And I'm very curious, again, how things are coming together for you. What are your plans? Just as um, this relates to me, I'm planning to travel to Kentucky and spend some time with mom and with my sister. My um, sister, just like last year, had a really big Thanksgiving spread with her husband's family. She hosted this at her home. And, oh, my goodness, there's just, you know how this is. There's just so much food. (laughs) It's going to be crazy on Thursday. But I absolutely look forward to going back to Kentucky, as I, I normally do once a month anyway, but... It'll be great to be in my sister's home and have some time to be able to enjoy uh, good food and some great company. So 704-570-1110 is our phone number if you'd like to share what's going on in your neck of the woods. Still to come, we're going to talk about surveillance on you. Not criminals, but you. Also... A victory and an L in the area of these gender issues, ongoing gender issues. We will talk about this coming up. And a celebrity really steps in it by making some really stupid, absolutely asinine comments. And we're back on the Vince Coakley radio program, 51 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. We are open to your input on what's going on for Thanksgiving, what your plans are, and for that matter, if you're planning to participate in the madness called Black Friday in some form, whether it's in person or online, anticipating any big sales that would um, help catapult your Christmas shopping. I want to tell you what's coming up in just a few minutes here for Transformation Tuesday. Some great items. One of them from my good friend, Dr. Steve Crosby, who is my neighbor. You know, it's so (laughs) easy, and this is what we do very often. We like to find technicalities to get out of serving and loving. Well, it's not my business. You know, who is my neighbor anyway? Well, you're going to find out coming up in just a few minutes. Great post from Dr. Steve Crosby and my friend Lisa 
Oh my goodness, she has an awesome post that she put up yesterday on who God is. I think there I think if there's one thing that really saddens me, it's how much I see God is misrepresented and characterized as something that he is not. And I think it's it's heartbreaking. Especially heartbreaking to see how this impacts people, how they are dealing with consequences of God being misrepresented in some uh, form or fashion. We'll talk about that coming up in just a few minutes. But first, let us talk about a very interesting story. We've not talked about this lately, but we should not forget what is going on and I just share with you some of a story in Wired this is another example of one of the things that we've just adjusted to and we for whatever reason we've just we listen we're kind of outraged and then we think to ourselves okay and then we move on and forget about what it is that we have learned because it's really monumental when we're talking about what I believe is a violation of privacy here a profound violation Wired reports an analysis of leaked police documents verifies a secretive government program is allowing federal, state, and local law enforcement to access phone records of Americans who are not suspected of a crime. Does this surprise you at all? Surprises me not at all. A little-known surveillance program tracks more than a trillion, with a T, domestic phone records within the United States each year. This is according to a letter Wired obtained sent by U.S. Senator Ron Wyden to the Department of Justice. He's challenging the program's legality. Well, duh. According to the letter, a surveillance program known as Data Analytical Services. Don't you love how harmless this sounds? Data Analytical Services has for more than a decade allowed federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies to mine the details of Americans' calls, analyzing the phone records of countless people who are not suspected of any crime, including victims. See, this is the kind of thing where I have to ask the question, where are the patriots in the nation's capital who are going to stand up Hold a news conference today and say this needs to stop today. This is unconstitutional. There's no basis for doing this with regular people. Ron Wyden, if I remember correctly, Ron Wyden is a Democrat. So again, here's an example. And, and I've said this to you many, many times. So many things are characterized as partisan issues. They're really not. I really think you can find a significant majority of Americans 
who have a real problem with this and wonder why this is allowed to go on. And we should not move on from this. And we need to ask, who is it who thought that it was appropriate to take this kind of measure to violate your privacy? Who decided this? And I think people like this should not be allowed in government at all, period. You know, it's one thing to make mistakes. Well, this really crosses a line, a serious line. And if you look at this picture from the angle that we need to look at this picture, ultimately, doesn't the ultimate responsibility fall on the President of the United States? Now, people could say, well, maybe he doesn't know. He ought to know. I would just tell you, if I were president and I learned this kind of thing was going on, I would send a direct order, a directive, this stops now, period. There is no constitutional basis for this whatsoever. This stops, and I want to find out who started this in the first place. Who presumed that they had the right to carry out this kind of program? But again, I suspect we're going to move on and we're going to spend more time being concerned about Taylor Swift and <laughs> other silly celebrity things that draw our attention. Just saying. Hour number two is straight ahead. With a very special Transformation Tuesday, love to hear your thoughts as well about Thanksgiving, what your plans are as we continue. News is next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And welcome to our number two of the Vince Coakley radio program. Just a couple of days here before Thanksgiving. 704-570-1110 is our number. I'm very curious to get your thoughts on what your plans are for Thanksgiving. Also, for Black Friday. Is it what it used to be? Or are we at a place where some of these things have simply gone away? Very curious about this. Very, very curious. Let's go to Transformation Tuesday. Transformation Tuesday. I want to share a couple of items here. One of them from Dr. Steve Crosby. Another from Lisa Coons, who's a good friend of mine. Used to be involved in Charlotte 24-7. She has moved out to the far Midwest. But she is still going strong out there. And you will hear her post. Let me begin with this subject of who is my neighbor. This is a very powerful subject. I hear Steve address so many times. Steve Crosby. 
and it's really made an impact on me because this is we as human beings we are so slimy and i say this from the standpoint is we like to weasel our way out of things weasel our way out of responsibility and engagement we just kind of want to do our own thing this is where the privatized jesus in your pocket is so valuable in western culture we like to be able to yes i've got jesus in my heart so he's this little uh, amulet we carry around in our pocket we call upon him when we need him but he doesn't require anything of us <laughs> but steve crosby begs to differ on this when I share agape through kindness to anyone in the moment, I am creating my neighbor. Ooh, there's a very different perspective. So rather than looking to escape being a neighbor, I'm looking for opportunities to be a neighbor. Well, imagine that. This is what Jesus means when he speaks of losing your life. Self, psych, soul, being, in order to find it. When I create my neighbor through agape, I begin to understand I do not exist in autonomy. Centuries of Western thought notwithstanding. See this idea, for instance, of Western individualism? This is really foreign. It's certainly foreign to kingdom thinking. It's a Western idea. Because many other cultures are very much focused on community and relationship. The West, and especially in the United States of America, we have really made a God out of self. We've made an idol out of serving ourselves. And we even use religion to do it. Steve continues. Faith puts the other first by sending agape in hope that I will receive back from the other my true self that cannot be found without the other. Forgiveness and grace exist as redeeming powers for situations where reciprocity does not occur, or perhaps worse, rejection and antagonism. This is where God's grace comes in. You know, I hear people all the time, well, I'm only going to serve where people serve me back. You know, and God makes very clear, pagans can do that. Agape love allows you to put self completely out of the picture. That's not the question. The question is, what does my father want me to do in the moment? And the most satisfying situations are those where... That person is unable to do anything for me, ever. And that's very much a good thing. Faith, hope, love, forgiveness, grace. There you have it, folks. The practical relational gospel in a nutshell, the engine of the new creation. It is unstoppable and undefeatable, but it is a ship that sails on a sea of tears. Don't I know it? I've described this many times to you, how it's been through trials that God's brought me to this place and continues to, where my heart is more sensitive to, to others and more K 
capable of identifying with people the way he wants me to. Without those trials, I, I have no doubt I would be just a complete jerk. Now, some people, oh, no, not you, Vince. Oh, yes, me. <laughs> As my friend Don Atkin used to make reference to being tenderized. That's what God's in the business of doing. So the world's in the business of hardening. I had a conversation just the other day with somebody just talking about, hey, I'm, I'm cynical in my old, my old age. I understand it. I fully understand it. I'm not throwing stones at anybody by saying this. Because the course of nature, after experiencing the worst the world has to offer, boy, it's so easy for your heart to become hard and to just turn people off and try not to care. But if the love of God is in you, that ain't happening. <laughs> it's gonna, it's going to make a way out. That's what's gonna happen. The other quick item here from Lisa, who God is and is not. I want you to listen to this very carefully because some of you are in these situations. You either personally embrace a view of God that is wrong some of you are in church situations where these ideas are reinforced and I don't say this lightly you need to run not stay around and wait and talk and engage you need to run Lisa says God is not a dictator he does not wish to control his people God is a leader and a lover at heart wishing to partner and collaborate with his people for the good of the world. Abusive fear tactics, intimidation, condemnation, legalism, forced subjugation, revenge, these are not the tools of his reign. He does not want your submission or your heart, your money, your service, or your obedience under any of these circumstances. I want you to understand that last lie is tied to everything else I shared. Yes, he does want us to submit to him, but not in the ways we described here. Intimidation, abusive fear tactics, condemnation, legalism, forced subjugation, revenge. If these are things that are in your world, you need to make the decision no more. This is not of God. He wants people to love him. And respond to him in love and if that's not the paradigm by which you are being encouraged to go you're getting something else those sources of horrible messaging need to be turned off immediately just saying I hope these items are so are helpful to you who is my neighbor who God is and is not Love to get your thoughts. 704-570-1110. Also getting your thoughts on what is going on this Thanksgiving for you and your family. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. We're back on the Vince Coakley radio program, and we have breaking news right now. President Joe Biden is addressing the issue of fentanyl deaths 
this is a pretty sobering statistic. It is the number one killer among men 18 to 45 years old. 18 to 45, number one killer. The president now addressing the issue and how this administration will begin addressing the issue. Here is President Biden speaking live. My power as president to get this crisis under control. So we're gathered today here to get to work together to make sure we're coordinating all our efforts from each of the agencies to make progress on the progress we made with, with both uh, AMLO as well as uh, Xi. So thank you very much. This is what's called a press gaggle. You can hear a lot of people raising questions here. Let's see if Joe Biden answers any of these questions. Not wanting to address the issue of hostages and whether a deal may be uh, close or the possibility of having reached a deal. This appears to be a cabinet meeting that he's allowed the media in on. But again, an initiative underway to um, address the issue of fentanyl. Uh, Chris has asked the question, what did he say? And, and, and seriously, I'm not being melodramatic here at all. Um, he sounded horrible. I, I'm, I'm just being honest here. Just sounds barely awake. And... And, and I'm sitting here thinking, you know, what is, what's going through the minds of all of the other people at that table, the other advisors? <laughs> the Fox banner now, as they continue their broadcast, Biden ignores questions from reporters uh, pretty much. Um, I Seriously, folks, another five years of this? No, this really cannot happen. It cannot happen. Let's quickly go out to a call in the sprawling metropolis of York and Ed. Good morning, Ed. Welcome. Good morning, Vince. God bless you. Thank you. God, God bless, bless you. God bless America. There's <laughs> a various, a couple of very simple things that a civilization requires to be stable and treat everyone equally. It's called discipline. Discipline mm. means that when you have laws, you obey the laws. If you don't obey the laws, I don't care how poor you are or desperate, if you break the law, you're, you're arrested. Today, you can go in the store and steal all kinds of stuff and go out of the store, and the policeman is not even allowed to stop you. And if he touches you, he'll be fired. And, a, yeah. and a, a citizen can't even intervene, or he'll be charged with trying to hurt somebody, the, the robber. This is not America. We have lost our country, and we need to take it back. And Joe Biden is directly responsible for the fentanyl crisis. He's murdered over 100,000 people a year by allowing anyone to cross the border. And that's how... China gets the fentanyl in the United States because the border is wide open. And I could go on and on about stuff that he's done, which is total 
totally criminal. Well, it's uh, it's unfortunate that, uh, in the very least, we have uh, neglect, very uh, irresponsible neglect on the part of this administration. Very much appreciate your call there, Ed. By the way, on the subject of fentanyl, you heard in the news that Charlotte-Mecklenburg schools today, in fact, there's a very important meeting on this subject they are looking to bring Narcan to all the schools. This is something that's been discussed for quite a while. District leaders informed all the principals Narcan would be placed in every school. As of November, the life-saving medication had still not been placed in the schools. A CMS spokesperson said it's because the decision must go before the Board of Education. School Board's policy committee, they are actually holding a virtual committee meeting today regarding changes to the first aid and emergency care policy. This, as Charlotte Mecklenburg Police recently released an anti-fentanyl campaign targeting young people. Alex Crossley with Queen City Harm Reduction said it's kind of shocking to have that resource available and to sit on it. it saves lives every day. Whether that's here at the site, gas stations, restaurants, it changes lives, it saves lives. Laird Ramirez, 17 years old, when he took in a fatal dose of fentanyl to a friend's house July 1st. He was a student at Huff High School. In this story by WJZY, Ramirez's mother, Gwinnett Brown, said, I raced over to his friend's house screaming the entire way in the car. I got there, raced to the house, raced upstairs. That's when the paramedics and the cops stopped me. I was just a zombie after that. Since her son's death, she's been disheartened to learn just how prevalent drug use is among students. I can walk in there today and know where to buy drugs as a mom. Queen City News asked a CMS spokesperson whether the district believes they have an opioid issue. They responded that Charlotte-Mecklenburg police data shows the number of overdose deaths are highest in those over the age of 20, not teenagers. But an open record request revealed CMS had nearly 720 reports of students having controlled substances in violation of the law during the 2022-23 school year. That accounts for more than half of the district's yearly crime reports. That's a lot. Brown is saying CMS could be the hero here. That's the thing that kills me. That's the thing that's killing our kids. There will be more deaths. Earlier this year, a 15-year-old student at Rock Hill High School overdosed in a classroom. Police reports show a school resource officer was able to revive him using two doses of Narcan. So I hope... Uh, this is pretty much a no-brainer, and I fully expect that the board is going to go ahead and approve this to make sure this resource is available. Very important resource. And that this will be there in case it's needed. Hopefully it will not be. Love to get your thoughts on this as we continue our broadcast.
Back in the Vince Coakley radio program. Let's go out to a call in Charlotte. Here is Ryan. Want to respond to this conversation about fentanyl. Good morning, Ryan. Welcome. Hey, Vince. How's it going? All right, sir. So I, um, I agree the fentanyl situation is a problem. I wish the Democrats had jumped on it a little bit sooner. I'm glad to see that Biden is actually doing something right now. But the thing I have about fentanyl and, 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 and the issues that Republicans have with it is, and, and I, I think this is correct, the majority of people who, who pass away, die from fentanyl, are, are, it's happening because it's being mixed in other illegal and illicit drugs that these people are taking. So they've already made a bad choice when they start taking heavy drugs, and, 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 it, and it's unfortunate. Any death is, is sad. What bothers me even more, though, is the fact that gun violence kills more young Americans in the United States, and nobody on the Republican side wants to talk about doing anything about that. They say it's all mental health, but then the Republicans don't even bring up solutions to improve our mental health. So who's dropping the ball on Americans suffering? The Republicans or the Democrats? And one last thing, when you get people like Ed on the phone, who is clearly too old to use a phone, you need to call him out and let him know, <laughs> you know what, police can stop people who run out of stores, and civilians can stop people who are breaking the law. You've got to, I mean, he, he's clearly far too old to be using a phone. <laughs> now, to his point, though, uh, not so much in this community, but certainly in places, uh, I mean, people have seen what happened out in California, for instance, where people were clearly breaking the law, and it's gotten to the point that they've just given up, and they've just allowed people to loot with impunity, and they're not even going to bother to try to arrest people. I mean, we've seen I this happen. That- and black, uh, back during the George Floyd riots, same kind of thing. That's what he's talking about, and he has a valid point. So whatever you think of Ed and uh, his uh, mental status, uh, you would have to agree that there have been signals sent in this society that there's no consequence for crime. No, that's not what I see. What I, what I see is store retail business owners and employees Told, being told it's not your job to try to stop someone from stealing stuff out of your store. I see that a lot, but I don't see anything. There's not a city in America where there, the, the edict has been handed down to police that you are not to arrest thieves. doesn't exist. I mean, there's no official edict. All you have to do is just stay away. I mean, uh, I think you have to have been in a cave somewhere if you've not seen this happen in recent uh, days, Ryan, I, I do appreciate your call, but uh, I think Ed made a very valid point because we've seen a number of situations where authorities, for whatever reason, they've just given up and just pulled back and decided it's just not worth it. So uh, there's a consequence here for these kinds of behaviors and the signals that have been sent by authorities, lawless authorities. I mean, that's the best way to characterize this. Um, several items that I wanted to make sure I get to on this subject of transgenders. This is interesting. Breitbart reports the International Cricket Council has banned biological male players from participating in international women's cricket. Amen. This is awesome. 
The move against transgender competitors who identify with the other sex has been made to protect the safety of female players. Boy, imagine that. The decision means any male-to-female participants who have been through male puberty will not be eligible to take part in the international women's game, regardless of any surgery or gender reassignment treatment they may have undertaken. In a statement released today, the governing body concluded that they had made the decision following a nine-month consultation process to protect the safety of female players. I love this. The new policy based on the following principle, and it has a list of principles here in order of priority, protection of the integrity of the women's game, safety, fairness, and inclusion, and this means any male to female participants who have been through any form of male puberty will not be eligible to participate in the international women's game regardless of any surgery or gender assignment, reassignment treatment they may have undertaken. This is awesome. This is science, folks. And this is common sense. But you win some and you lose some. Breitbart also reports swimmer Megan Cortez Fields, a man living as a woman, broke several records after switching from the men's team over to the women's team at Ramapo College of New Jersey. Cortez Fields won first place, broke a school record in the 100-yard butterfly with a time of 57-22 at the Cougar Splash Invitational, a two-day meet between six schools in Dallas, Pennsylvania. Also coming in first place in the 200-yard individual medley and earned second place in the 200-yard butterfly. This is an abomination. Cortez Fields swam on Ramapo's men's team for three years before moving to the women's team this season as a senior last year telling the Ramapo news she admired Leah Thomas the transgender University of Pennsylvania swimmer who won an NCAA championship in 2022 the team congratulated Cortez Fields on Instagram for this record-breaking swim but quickly deleted it after women's activist Riley Gaines blew the whistle on the post Gaines later told Fox News people blind themselves to the injustice of allowing mediocre male athletes to become record-breaking female athletes are either incompetent or misogynist. Women are being asked to smile and step aside and allow these men onto our teams, all the while stripping us of opportunities, privacy, and safety. The incident at Ramapo College shouldn't be a shock to anyone, considering we've seen virtually the same story time and time again with no people in leadership positions willing to take a stand for women. Yeah. This is silly, is what it is. And these people, they know better. But again, this is not about science. This is all about political science. That's how this thing works. And political science trumps everything else. That's all that matters as we appeal to the Alphabet Mafia yet again. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program on this Tuesday. I've asked you throughout this broadcast to get your thoughts on your Thanksgiving plans, which you are free to do, 704-570-1110. Some of the other content we're planning to get to, hey, we can just delve into another time. I never get to everything. Never happens. <laughs> um, let's go uh, next to a call from Mark out of Asheville. Good morning, Mark. Welcome to the broadcast. Vince, thanks so much for taking my call. And as, as someone who works in the same industry, uh, you are truly one of the greats on the airways today. But I, I, I couldn't let Thank you for your the comments. topic of fentanyl go past. Um, without, I, I, I lost a brother-in-law two weeks ago uh, mm. to fentanyl, to an overdose. Oh and in our area, in the Asheville area, we have been decimated by this drug. They are pulling pounds of it off the street every single day. The streets are lined with people who are just absolutely abominated by it. And I would ask the question, is Narcan really saving lives, or is it extending the life and deepening the addiction of the junkie? Because from the law enforcement officials that I speak to on a regular basis... They tell me that there are times when they go back to the same house five and six times a day to administer Narcan to the same person that overdosed five or six times that same day. Repeat doses. As much as it may be saving accidental overdoses, these are this is intentional. They are actually getting Narcan for themselves and sitting in pairs, and while one person shoots up, one person stays sober just in case there's an overdose. Oh, my goodness. And it's, it has absolutely just decimated this community. And you look at the needle exchanges. We had 700,000 needles passed out this last year in the Asheville area. An exchange means that those needles would be returned when they are used and they'd be disposed of. Out of those 700,000 needles, 16,000 of them were picked up. Mm. That number is just mind-boggling to think that 680-some-odd thousand needles are just littering the streets of Asheville and the French Broad River and everywhere else. Uh, You know, this president and this administration has knowingly ignored every bit of this fentanyl crisis in hopes that they can be seen as an all-inclusive and we accept everybody and we don't turn anybody away. Well, this is what happens. People die. I, I lost a brother-in-law that I only got to meet three times. And, and this is just unacceptable. And for anybody who is willing to make excuses for this administration, I would argue that they have blood on their hands as well. Where do we go to address this? What's the actual starting place? Are you still there, Mark? I, I wish I had an answer. Okay. But I, I have a funny feeling with the demoralization of our society. We have, yeah, I, 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 I would just say that the demoralization of our society, we've taken God out of everything. We've said that things that were good 10 years ago are now considered horrific and bad and uninclusive. We have just literally, this whole society has just flipped over to, basically say 
This is all okay. Just you're not seeing this. Look the other direction. We've lost our way. We're losing our we're losing our families. For God's sakes. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the first time. I so appreciate your we call have. because you have we shed. Absolutely have, and you've and you've shed some it. light on some things for sure. Uh, a perspective that. Uh, I don't think I've heard before, especially about these folks who have repeatedly uh, used Narcan. And and it sounds like now we're at a point, uh, it sounds like Narcan abuse. Isn't that an an accurate characterization of what you've described here? It's really Narcan abuse. So this is uh, not a good picture at all. Absolutely. Well, Mark, very much appreciate your call. And our condolences on the loss that you've experienced. Um, I really, uh, I can't add much to what he has communicated there. It's it just another example of why it's so important that we get a number of perspectives on things. You know, this, you know, when you share the story earlier, as we did, about schools potentially having Narcan on hand, um, that's one dimension of this. But it's certainly another dimension altogether to hear you've got repeat calls for people needing this. Um, and and I, I would dare say, again, this puts people in a position of falling into a false sense of security, that they can play around with this drug. And worst case, there is something to come along and rescue you at the last minute. This is absolutely chilling really chilling I would just remind everybody uh, for one just to be on the lookout in this area particularly those of you who are parents to be on the lookout what's going on with your children I remember years ago and and I disagree with a lot of approaches that were taken in a church I was involved in but I, I really think one thing that the leaders in this particular church were right about, you know, typically as young people get older, as they get into their teens, um, we tend to loosen our engagement and spend less time and allow them to have more independence. And there's a place for that to some extent. And I remember some of the leaders just communicating, you know, the truth of the matter is you need to be more involved. And you know, this Thanksgiving time is a time to revisit this. Uh, one of the things, and, and whole books have been written on this, by the way, about the importance of the family table. That's a good time to recalibrate. And may this Thanksgiving season, for those of us who are in this place with young families, uh, may this be a time of recalibration for all of us to um, prioritize what really matters and make sure that everyone is in good health in every way. Uh, if we don't communicate for whatever reason, if you're not here, I'm not here in the next day or beyond, have yourselves a happy Thanksgiving and next few days with friends and family. God bless you. Lord willing, we'll talk to you soon. Adios. We'll